Welcome to Executive Tools, Rules for Directors, Chapter 1, Earning Trust, Part 2. This cast answers these questions. How can I build trust with managers who work for me? What's my responsibility for open door meetings? What is my responsibility to my skips as a director? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Okay, next, don't take open door emails. This is dangerous. Remember now, this cast is about building trust between directors and managers, directors being the beginning of the executive journey, let's say. I hate it when people talk that way, but okay. An open door policy is not an invitation for your skips to send you unsolicited emails every time they disagree with their boss or have some sort of other problem. Open door means they're going to go to your their boss first and then come to you if they don't get satisfaction. Their boss may be ineffectual, may not be willing to do what they need to do or whatever. It may be they need help with HR or finance or payroll or accounting or something. That happens. Okay. Our experience is that these sorts of quote, open door, unquote, emails happen all the time. And the skip who sends it says they're taking advantage of open door policy, but they're not. They're taking advantage, as we alluded to before, of the ubiquity of email to do an in run around their boss. And it's not appropriate for them to copy their boss on a mail to you that is open door. Okay, that's not that's not open door. Open door means you go to your boss, you talk to your boss. If you still have an issue, you go to his boss or her boss. But at that point, their boss has heard about it before you and has a ch- has has had a chance to address it. And so every step up the chain, let's say somebody goes two or three steps up the chain, in every single step, they will have gotten an answer they didn't like. And that reduces the chances that they will continue going up the chain. So if you get what you think is an open door policy email, reply like this, thanks for your mail. My open door policy is for meeting with me, not for sending mail. Please do this right way out of respect for the policy and your boss. Meet with your boss. Don't send him or her an email. And if you then want to talk to me, let your boss know that you're going to come to me with an open door request. That's important. You have to do that. And I guarantee I'll make time for it. Simple. There you go. Okay. So next, and this is, I I tried to talk about these last two bullets. I think, I think it's two more bullets here. Uh, yeah, in the intro a little bit, because I don't like it when we get to the the real kernel that started my whole idea for this podcast until later in the cast, because I know the high Ds are losing their minds right now. I would be. So this is about earning trust. And so what we've just done, how we've set up Open Door, gives you opportunities to be supportive of your managers, which is a way to build trust. So you can support your managers, not undercut them by following open door policy. Now, look, you'd be forgiven by now if you thought, how am I going to build trust with my managers by telling their people they can come see me whenever they want, right? No, don't come see me if I'm, if I'm the, 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 the director. Don't come see me. If Mike says it's so, it's so. <laughs> you know, the idea being wouldn't, creating an open-door policy potentially undermine trust. But our experience shows it won't. 
as long as you follow the rules we've alluded to, we've laid out here. Open door requests almost always require, again, we've mentioned the exceptions, that your skip has talked to their boss, your direct, first. Again, an open door policy doesn't mean just anybody can come to you with anything skipping over the chain of command. It's unfair to your managers as well as inefficient to allow anyone to say anything to anyone about anything. The fact that there's technology to allow it to happen doesn't mean it's effective or efficient. That's not the purpose of open door policies. Open door policies are almost never about secrecy or skipping the chain of command. They are providing about providing additional, but not special, pathways for communications to occur. They're about breaking a logjam in some cases. Yeah, this, this is so important that people understand this. And my experience has been when organizations announce open door policies, they don't talk about this, right? They they right. they stop about the operational, here's how it works, you can send a note, et cetera. But they don't talk about the reasoning behind it and about what it is and what it is not. And that can create problems. Yeah, exactly. You'll note, by the way, we said almost always, right? The exception of this is when your skips believe that talking to their boss, your direct, a manager, will put them at risk. We said this before. The biggest misconception about open door policies is that it's a special channel to protect your skips from their bosses who might take retribution and prohibit them from coming to you. This is false. Okay. Open door policies generally require your skip to talk to their boss and then and only then come and talk to you. It gives everyone a chance to move up the chain of command, not skip it. It helps everyone feel that if necessary, they can escalate a problem and their boss cannot stop them from doing so. It's really, frankly, despite what Harvard Business Review seems to be talking about lately in their emails and so on, driving me crazy, it's exceedingly rare that retribution or risk is a problem for your skips. If they do think that exists, they can always go to HR, and yes, they can come directly to you. But in our experience, the vast majority of times that skips think that, they're wrong. When that happens, send them back to their boss after telling them they've overestimated the situation and or the risk. I, I just can't say it enough that open door is not anybody can go anywhere. It is actually a use of the chain of command. And it is a circuit breaker on, on the anyone in the chain of command being able to stop the use of the chain of command. And, and frankly, I don't even like the phrase chain of command. It certainly is true in the military, right? Because there is command in the military. But a vice president isn't a commander. There are very different rules about corporate organizations and academic organizations and governmental organizations. I think when I say chain of command sometimes at universities, you could see people turning green. Oh, <laughs> we don't we don't have a chain of command here. We're all colleagues. We're all mm -hmm. everything is done by consensus here. <laughs> no, it isn't. No. <laughs> Believe me, the deans believe they don't need consensus. They're going to do what the heck they want. Right. And they like their power very much, often, frankly, too much. I don't want to confuse things here, but it's very similar. If I, if I had somebody, a direct, come to me and complain about another direct, my first question is going to be, did you talk to her? Uh, we have a podcast called Have You Talked to Them? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, 
have you talked to your boss? Like, if the answer is no, it'd be like, okay, <laughs> why? Yeah. Well, look, you know what this is? This is the this is the executive version of someone trying to rent your role mm-hmm. power. Exactly. They went to their boss, they disagreed, and they want you to tell their boss that they're right and the boss is wrong. Well, it's worse. They didn't even go to their boss. No, it's yeah. even worse. Right? Yeah. I just want veto. I want to pull my veto card out. Yeah. And and your your role power is never for rent, folks. We want problems and solutions and activity as close as possible to the decision or the issue as they possibly can be, not further away, as close as possible. It's one of the key reasons why great organizations almost always have a delegation-heavy approach. Their culture is, you know, I want to push it down to the lowest possible level. I want somebody to be doing it even though they're stretching to do it because that's how you develop people. Uh, We have a client here who's asked us to train a few hundred more managers, and they're telling us, Oh, no, actually, I think it's like 1,500 managers and this potential client. One of the things they've asked for is, can you tell us how this supports the 70-20-10 theory? And the 70-20-10 theory is a classic sort of professional learning model, which says 70% of your learning happens on the job. 20% happens because of sponsored education and only 10% happens in training. And you might think that for a training company, we don't like that. But we do like that because we know it's true. And that's why so much of our training is about practice. And so much of our guidance to people says, go out and do this. And in fact, you can implement, for instance, the Trinity, the easiest example for us to talk about. You can implement the Trinity without coming to training. Maggie hates it when I say that, but you can. You can listen to the podcast and you can do it on your own. It'll probably be a little bit harder, but you can do it. And you can do that for free with the podcast if it's Manager Tools or Career Tools. There you go. And that includes our ad for Manager Tools training today. That's right. You can have it for free. Just listen to the podcast and do what we say. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now we get to the probably the reason I wrote this cast. And we've said it several times, but I'm going to beat the horse until it's well past dead. Side with your managers when you're in doubt. This is the core of the guidance. In the vast majority of open door requests, your default decision is to support your managers if your skip is bringing a point of disagreement to you. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. And people try to make it complicated. Look, allow your skip to make their case. Do not think of yourself as a judge trying to decide who is right between your manager and your skip. Unless the situation is quite unusual, and it does happen, but maybe less than 5% of the time, side with your manager, your direct report. Don't make the mistaken assumption that open-door situations always require you to investigate who shot John. Managers are always coming, well, I need to go find out what actually happened. No, you don't. Assume that what your manager's telling you is true. Now, if multiple people from the same manager who reports to you keep bringing you open door policies and you keep siding with the manager, at some point you ought to have a little alarm go off in your head. And then you can use the, the uh, uh, some version of, don't get wrapped around the numbers, 
the, the, the green tail story. If one person tells you you have a green tail, they're an idiot. If two people tell you you have a green tail, it's conspiracy. But when seven people tell you you have a green tail, you turn around and look. Meaning, the first time you side with one of your directs, who's a manager, and you support them against your skip, it's not a, a adversarial discussion, but if you want to use that word, okay. The first time, okay. The second time, okay, you're being supportive. But if it happens numerous times, you have to put a little question mark over your head like you're in a cartoon and go, is the problem here the manager? And then maybe you go down and look. But your job is not to go investigating everything that happened because the moment you start investigating, you are sullying your manager's reputation. Right. Do you make a distinction between what you say to direct, i.e. supporting the manager, and your willingness, opportunity, et cetera, to go give that manager feedback? Is it possible that you'd support oh, no, the you manager? Oh, no, you, you could do both. You could do both. Oh, my gosh, yeah, absolutely, you could do both. Yeah, maybe it's just a communication problem. You apparently weren't, you know, hey, when you have a conversation with one of your directs and that causes him to have an open-door policy with me, maybe you need to look at your communication with that direct. Right. I might, and then I might, and they might say, okay, you're right, boss. Thanks. And I might say, well, look, you're a high D. He's a high C. You didn't give him enough detail. You just brushed away his, his concerns. Right. You know, and, and you got to get better. I can completely support your decision and also agree that your communication of that decision to this direct was not as effective as it could have been. Right. So there may, there may be some circumstances where your direct, the manager requires some feedback or could, benefit through from feedback but you're not telling the skip that right that's yeah you're supporting the manager and then giving feedback those are two separate decisions yeah exactly yeah i'll give you an example that was recent that i really found interesting in fact this was the example that caused me to realize there was a bundle of examples i had heard of in the last six months to a year that made me think this was a year ago uh, that I needed to write this particular cast for directors and therefore for executive tools. In a case where an employee, uh, this is during the during working from home and everybody's on Zoom, which is soon to go away for the majority of us. One of his people came to four or five meetings a day, and his video was never on. Now, one of the big sort of broad mistakes that happened in far too many organizations is at the time that we started working from home and so on, everybody was so sensitive to everybody's feelings. We got this idea that we couldn't have a corporate policy that your video needs to be on. I don't know who lost their nerve, but lots of executives all over the world lost their nerve. Well, let them do what they want. Yeah, it's fine. If I recall, I don't think that was our guidance. No, pretty much not our guidance. And of course, we've been managing remotely for 17 years. I managed my entire previous horseman company totally remotely. I don't know why people, oh, remote is new. No, it's not. It's been around for 30 years, ever since, longer than that, ever since there were phones. Every sales force is by definition always remote. That's right. From headquarters and managers and so on. So this particular person never had their video on. And he had suggested, the manager had suggested a couple of times that he should have his video on, but he didn't give him feedback. He was doing one-on-ones. 
And so finally he felt it's time to give him feedback. And so he gave him negative feedback and the direct said, well, there's no corporate policy about that. And the manager to his credit said, well, we don't only run this company or this group or this division or this department or this team based on corporate policy, but okay, but I'm just going to repeat again, when you don't have your video on, it doesn't help your relationships with others. And it makes me wonder if I have your full attention, could you work on that for me? Well, I just don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I think I need, I need to talk to your boss who he had worked for before, of course. Right. So he thinks he's got a special relationship. And so the director pings me and says, I, I've got a problem. I've got a guy who's not on video. His boss gave him some negative feedback. This is the first time I've ever had an open door policy come from a dispute over negative feedback. And so he explained the situation to me. I said, okay, but why do you need my help? And he's like, well, what should I say? <laughs> I, I said, tell him to go away <laughs> and turn on his video. He says, really? Like that? I said, no, not like that. I'm just, he, I, like, if you're thinking you're going to do an investigation or ask who has video on or who doesn't, you're missing the point. Your manager has just given legitimate negative feedback to one of his people who doesn't have their video on. That manager wants video on, irrespective of whether you do or not, Chowderhead. And your manager needs support right now. And it's not a question of 50-50. It's a question of 85-15. The boss gets, the manager, your direct, not your skip, gets 85% of the preponderance of the evidence in their favor. It's a presupposition that yeah. they're right and the direct is, the skip is wrong. Not wrong, but just going to have to be, just going to have to learn to live with disappointment, as the line from the American president goes. And he says, well, you don't think I should talk to the skip? I said, no, 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 it's a, it's a, Open door policy thing. You have to talk to the skip. Oh, I was just going to answer their email. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Oh, no. You no. you got, you, you got to have a, a Zoom call with them. I say, you realize what's going to happen, right? He's going to be on video. He says, well, I, I guess I didn't think that. Well, I can promise you he is. And you know how I know? He says, no, I don't. Because if he's not, you're going to tell him to. Because this is an open door meeting. And surely we can't do open door meetings behind closed doors. I want to be able to see you, dude. So let's do that. And surely he said, yeah, surely I would ask him to. <laughs> no, he didn't. He says, oh, I didn't. I didn't. And then he said, I didn't know if I could do that. I'm like, of course oh, you man. can. Anyway, so it's a, it's a great, great example. And, and then I said, again, if the guy said, I'm not going to turn on my video. I said, well, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to have a meeting with you about this, if you're not willing to turn on your video so I can see how you're doing. I've got my video on out of respect for you. I'm not feeling the respect back from me. Open door is not a chance to just talk about anything you disagree with about your boss. And so anyway, I walked him through everything. I think the most significant point there is the boss of the director could have a different view, right? Could, could have a different oh, sure. view as to the value of video, but it's not an unreasonable request of the manager to ask for the direct to be on video, right? So in that case, you'd support him. Yeah. Now, if I were the VP and this director had said, yeah, I don't really require video or whatever, I'd look at him and say, why not? Because you're in my org 
and my org, if you didn't get the memo, we're on video all the time. It's a matter of respect for our colleagues. It's a matter of retention as well. Human beings need to see other human beings. The, if everybody's on video and one person repeatedly is not, that person's going to have different problems and more problems than somebody else. And and I don't need a data set to prove that. I, I, I don't. And mind you, I'm sensitive to the fact that some people say I'm uncomfortable on video. Okay, good. I'm uncomfortable when we do a when we deliver a poor quarter. We're not insulated from discomfort here. I want you to be effective. I don't want you to be at risk, but discomfort is not risk. Yeah. And and, and again, I, I think my my main point is whether you agree or disagree with the manager or the director is enforcing in their organization, if it's reasonable, right? Yes. You got to you got to support the manager. You you have to support it. You don't have to necessarily agree that that's the way you would do it. Right, because you can't be everywhere all the time second guess second guessing right. every single manager. Yeah, and I'm just going to say it again. If you think your approach as a director is to play judge between the accuser skip and the defendant manager, you will destroy trust even if you ultimately side with the manager. I said this before, but not quite as eloquently as I did just now. It's not your job to play judge. It's your job to listen and at best to take their input under advisement. I mean, in most cases, I can tell you, having had them happen to me over the years, the default approach, the thing you'll find yourself saying over and over again is, hey, thanks for bringing this to me. Always happy to have open door discussions. Under the circumstances, I agree with your boss. That's probably not what you want to hear, but that's my decision. I'll let your boss know what I've decided. You're welcome to talk further with her about this, but the decision, this decision has been made for now. Don't go back for another bite at the apple. Now, I want, I want to have an aside here just a minute, Mike. I know it's a long cast. We're probably going to be two parts, but, but I just want to share this now because I've had it in my head for the last hour as we've been recording, and I've never said it out loud. I got to get it out before I, we get to the end of the cast. There is another piece of this. You and I have talked about this a hundred times. We've mentioned it in Manager's Cast and Career Cast and so on, but I'm going to repeat it here. If you're a fairly new director... This open door policy, this cast and earning trust, you're probably thinking, oh, that's not the first thing I would think of in terms of earning trust. It, it, it shouldn't be, but it's part of the tools you have to earn trust with your managers. But I'll tell you that probably the single biggest mistake that directors make, and it's been going on now for 25 years. And so it's, I would say it's, it's past epidemic to pandemic, and now it's endemic. And that is this idea that we talked about this earlier, that you're leading and managing everybody down from you in the organization. And many managers, many directors, new directors come and say, you know, I miss my old team. Can I be a director and have those guys still report to me? Or, you know, I'm going to go out and have meals with them every once in a while. We grew up in this together. I've happened to gotten promoted twice, but they're special to me and so on. And I just feel like shaking them, like, no, you, no, no, really, no, this is wrong. And they say, but you're always talking about relationships. How can I have a relationship with them? And, and I'm going to say this, I've said it many times before, but I want to be absolutely crystal clear about it here. 
The way you have a great relationship with your skips is you build great relationships with your directs and you hold your directs accountable for building great relationship with their directs, who are your skips. That is how it's done. Full stop. You do not get to have special relationships with some of your skips. Because if that's the case, why isn't the CEO down there kibitzing with you every other week, hanging out with all the people he used to Mm -hmm. be around? It doesn't work. You cannot say, well, I'm a small piece of the puzzle. So therefore, the way the organization's rules or the way the principles of the organization's work don't really apply to me. You have to think about what you're doing working at scale if you're going to adapt or adopt an executive mindset. And when you're a VP, you can't be everywhere all the darn time. You have to rely on the nature of the chain of command and the relationships that the organization expects. The organization does not expect the CEO to have a relationship with everybody. And a lot of senior people mistakenly believe that through a lot of communication, they can create relationships with people. But you do not create relationships by talking. You create relationships by listening to what the other person says that's a value. And so what happens is to directors, because they still think they can get their arms around it, say, well, I'm going to do a lot with everybody together. And when you do that, A, you're undermining your managers, Mm -hmm. which you hated when you were a manager, and B, you are ignoring one of the fundamental managerial organizational principles, which is relationship strength can be through another person. It's how organizations are built. You can argue about that if you want, but humankind and organizations are inextricably linked. Yeah, there there are so many problems associated with somebody having that mindset. I mean, just, you know, another one, I mean, what it undermines your directs, but it undermines all the other individual contributors in the organization because Susie has a special relationship for you. So now every time there's a uh, conflict yeah. with Susie, you get brought into the equation, right? So I mean, there's, there's so much wrong with it. If you just think for more than 30 seconds about it. Right. I got one other question before we close. <laughs> no, no, I, I got a couple more things to say before we close too. Yeah. I think some people may be asking this. I hope people would ask this. How about the manager has the direct comes in, says, I manager disagree with you. Manager or director? The direct goes to the manager. Okay. The, the manager contributor goes to the manager. Exactly. And the individual contributor says, I, I disagree. Right. I need to talk to your boss. Oh, he's f- fine. Use the open door policy, right? Yeah. yeah. Would you expect or recommend that manager talk to the director before Oh, sure. I would immediately. I, you would immediately. I, I, don't, yeah. I would expect it just because the manager probably has feels a little bit of tension there. And when I feel tension, I'm going to let my boss know. So if Kate works for me and I report to you and Kate says, hey, I want to do open door, I'm going to immediately ping you, Slack or text and say, by the way, I just had a meeting with Kate. She's going to ping you about an open door request. And then depending upon whether you're busy or not, we're probably going to have a conversation. I'm going to say, yeah, just so you know, here's what happens. Now, I don't think I owe you a formal memo, you don't. There's no official formal memo or anything like that. But I want to do that just because I want a good relationship with you and I don't want you to be surprised. Exactly. Now, I'm not doing it from a point of weakness. I'm just saying I care about my boss. What would I want if I were the boss and Mike worked for me? I'd want Mike to ping me and That's say, right. hey, by the way, I'm happy to talk to you more about it if you want, but Kate's going to reach out for an open door thing. We hadn't talked about it, so I didn't want yeah. I didn't want our lack of talking about it for right. people to assume that you wouldn't want to prep the 
the boss. So here's one of the beauties of this entire cast is it gets to organizational principles and the underlying systematic cause and effect of why organizations and how organizations exist and run. That's not part of an open door policy. The organization mm. doesn't think it has to have a policy for everything because there are people who have to work together, building trusting relationships, and they as the organizational policies or pr principles and systems and processes assume that those people behave in a professional way. And the behavior in a professional way would be, I'd ping you and say, hey, by the way, Kate's going to have an open door thing with you, and I'm happy to chat with you and explain what happened. Good. All right. Thank you. Okay. Now, in the vast majority of cases – you make the decision during the open door policy, an open door session, okay? And you communicate it during that session. You do not tell your skip, you'll talk to their boss and get back to them. They will see that as vindication. They will see that as you playing judge. And that's not what you should do in the vast majority of cases. There are some cases, they're rare, where you might have to do some discussion, but your goal in the open door policy is to make a final decision and to support your manager in the majority of cases. And a skip who is using the open door policy illicitly will often think that you're talking to their boss is a win for them, right? They're trying to undermine their boss. And so you've got to avoid that appearance. And that's why the best way to do that is not just to support your manager, but to make a decision without having to do any investigation. Now, once that happens, then you got to go talk to your direct. And this brings up the point you brought earlier about, is it possible I could support the direct and also give them feedback? Sure it is. I could also give them positive feedback too, depending upon what happened. So I'm going to go in, in the example of, let's say Kate works for you and you work for me. After Kate gets to me with the open door, I'm then going to come down and say, hey, listen, let's talk about it. And I'll tell them about the conversation I had with Kate because you need to know it because you're her boss. It's not as important that I know it is as you know it. So you can figure out how that conversation with me might have affected Kate's relationship with you. It might be feedback, might be positive feedback for allowing the open door moment to happen, perhaps positively for how you think that manager handled the conversation, maybe negative feedback for what they got wrong, even though you supported their decision. I'm always amazed when people are surprised by that, but I shouldn't be amazed because people are always surprised by it. There's nothing wrong with supporting one of your managers, even when you might have handled the situation differently. Your standards shouldn't be they do what you would have done. As the saying goes, there are many paths to enlightenment, and yours is not the only one. Although we certainly hope that you are on a path to enlightenment. Okay, now I can summarize. Long cast, huh? Yeah. So long-winded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the best ways to build trust as a director with your managers is, interestingly, to have an open-door policy, to implement it wisely, and support your managers even when you might have done something differently or made a different decision. Otherwise, you'll be making all your managers' decisions for them, and that's chaos. Dude, it was long, but this was great. Yeah. I don't know why I, I love this decision. I've just seen it done poorly so many times. I want to make an announcement here. This cast is so on the borderline between manager tools and executive tools that we are going to do a first in manager tools history and executive tools history. In the short history of executive tools, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary now. And we're going to have Kate and Sarah record this 
as a manager tools cast so that you can hear both different sides of the story. Yeah, it's still the same content, but you'll hear different voices and they might have different stories and you could tell us what you think about both of them if you're willing to listen to us twice. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks, dude. See y'all later. <laughs>